Section 7 of Guelphs and Ghibellines by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 7 Castruccio. The period of Italian history which succeeds the death of Frederick II is, in the greater part of the north of Italy, the period of the domination of tyrants. Dante says of the Italy of this epoch, la terre d'italia tutte pieni son di tirani et un marcel diventa ogni vilan che partigiando viene the land of italy far and wide was full of tyrants and the veriest peasant lad becomes marcellus in the strife of parties purgatorio canto six line one twenty two the communes had lost their liberties and the princely families who swayed their fortunes exercised over them a nearly hereditary domination milan was governed by matteo visconti its territory extended over the plain which surrounds the city and in thirteen twenty two was extended as far as cremona mantua was subject to the family of the buona arcorsi who gave place in thirteen fifty eight to the gonzaghi with whom the duchy of mantua remained till the present century passing eastwards the lordship of verona was held by the great family della scala or scaligeri the head of this house at the time to which we have now arrived was con grande della scala the most powerful prince in lombardy he became master of the neighbouring city of verona having wrested it from the domination of padua ravenna was in the hands of guido novello de polenta who held it without the disturbance of damaging revolutions the house of camino had established itself at treviso feltre and belluno on the ruins of the house of ezzelino ferrara which had belonged to the house of este and had then been a subject of dispute between venice and the pope was now restored again to the house of este the characteristics of most of these signore or tyrants were the same they lived for the most part in luxury and splendour built magnificent churches and palaces entertained poets painters and musicians the court of con grande was especially remarkable in these respects we are told by a contemporary historian that the numerous distinguished men to whom he offered hospitality had apartments assigned to them according to their condition and that each had his own servant and his own table the different suites of chambers were indicated by various devices triumph for warriors muses for poets mercury for artists paradise for preachers during dinner musicians buffoons and conjurers traversed the rooms the walls were adorned with pictures representing the vicissitudes of fortune and the prince invited some more favoured among his guests to his own table especially guido di costello di reggio who was known by the name of semplici lombardo and the poet dante alighieri among the most distinguished of those who sought refuge at verona was uguccione della fagula who as already related had been lord of pisa and lucca and who had now despaired of the imperial cause it was to him that dante dedicated the first canto of his poem even under these conditions italy was not permitted to work out its own salvation but was largely dependent on the party strifes which agitated germany after the death of henry the seventh the succession to the imperial crown was hotly disputed by two claimants 
one was frederick of austria second son of the emperor albert grandson of rudolph of Habsburg. the other was ludwig duke of upper bavaria he was supported by john king of bohemia the son of henry of luxembourg and by henry's brother baldwin archbishop and elector of treves to make matters worse the kingdom of bohemia was also in dispute king odokar the second who died in twelve seventy eight was also duke of austria styria and carinthia his son and successor wenzel or wenceslaus the second died in thirteen o five leaving a son wenceslaus the third and two daughters anne and elizabeth anne married henry of carinthia who was king of bohemia from thirteen o seven to thirteen ten his sister elizabeth was wife of albert i of austria and mother of albert the second who by his relationship laid claims to the kingdom of bohemia elizabeth the second daughter of wenceslaus the second married john the son of henry of luxembourg who was recognized as king of bohemia from thirteen ten to thirteen forty six thus in supporting the bavarian claimant to the empire he was preventing the crown of bohemia from passing to the house of austria of the claimants albert represented the house of Habsburg, ludwig the house of hohenstaufen two diets were held for the election of an emperor one at Rensa on the rhine which was the regular place of meeting for this purpose and the other at sachsenhausen in the neighbourhood of frankfurt the diet at Renza was attended by five electors the archbishops of treves and mainz john who was king and elector of bohemia waldemar elector of brandenburg and john duke of saxe-lauenburg who claimed to be elector of saxony the other diet was attended by rudolf elector palatine brother of ludwig of bavaria he held the proxy of the archbishop elector of cologne who was unable to attend in person there were also present rudolf elector of saxony and henry of carinthia who claimed to be king of bohemia the diet of Rensa elected ludwig of bavaria the diet of sachsenhausen frederick of austria the austrian party found a claimant to dispute the right of waldemar to the electorate of brandenburg thus on either side there were five electors two undisputed three with doubtful claims to the title ludwig was proclaimed at frankfurt and crowned at aix-la-chapelle but not by the archbishop of cologne who was the regular celebrant of the ceremony frederick was crowned at bunn by the archbishop of cologne this double election caused great confusion in italy the two rivals each sought for recognition of their authority in that country the guelphs and ghibellines the partisans of the popes and of the tyrants were each able to make tempting offers to one side or the other at length the battle of muldorf fought on september twenty eighth thirteen twenty one gave a decisive victory to ludwig frederick was taken prisoner and the emperor had leisure to turn his attention to italy the results of this interference will occupy our attention at a later period after the death of henry the seventh the strife of party seemed for the moment to have found its strongest expression in genoa the civil war again broke out in thirteen fourteen the families of doria and spinola although both ghibellines were again rivals and of the two guelph families the grimaldi and fieschi the grimaldi attached themselves to the doria 
the Fieschi to the Spinola. Eventually the Spinola were driven out of town and the Doria remained behind as masters. In 1307 the Grimaldi and Fieschi made an arrangement to admit the Spinola into the town if they came without arms. The Doria, seeing this, became frightened and left the city. Upon this, the old Guelph party came together and made Carlo de Fieschi and Carpano di Grimaldi captains of the town. When the Spinola knew of this, they were afraid of falling into the hands of the Guelphs and also departed. The two Ghibelline families, finding themselves expatriated, made peace with each other and established their headquarters at Savona. They laid siege to Genoa and invited Marco de Visconti, the son of Matteo, to command their army. The level side was completely invested and most of the suburbs were taken. The inhabitants turned for assistance to King Robert of Naples, who had many possessions in Provence and Piedmont. The king arrived in person on July 20th, and the Signoria of Genoa was shortly afterwards made over to him for ten years, conjointly with Pope John XXII, who had succeeded Clement V at Avignon in 1316. The war was carried on by sea and land, not only in the immediate territory of Genoa itself, but in every portion of their wide dominions. King Frederick of Sicily was dragged into it during its continuance, as also Castruccio degli Interminelli, the Lord of Lucca. After many vicissitudes of fortune, the struggle ended by the election of Simon Boccanegra as Doge. An interesting picture of the time is also afforded by the career of Castruccio, whose earlier fortunes have already been related. Tuscany was at this time the chief stronghold of the Guelph party in Italy. The four towns of Florence, Siena, Perugia, and Bologna united together in a compact league strong enough to make head against their surrounding enemies. Bologna, although situated on the other side of the Apennines, was always included in this arrangement for mutual defense. On the other hand, Pisa and Arezzo, situated on either side of Florence, were devoted to the Ghibelline cause. Pisa was at this time free, Arezzo was governed by its bishop. The towns of the Romagna were for the most ruled by petty tyrants and were devoted to Ghibelline interests. Rimini was governed by the Malatesta, Forli by the Ordalafi, Faenza by the Manfredi, Ravenna, as has been before mentioned, by Guido da Polenta, Pistoia, Prato, San Miniato, and Volterra were all Guelph, so that the Guelph party was able to hold its own, although surrounded by a fringe of powerful Ghibellines. This latter party was now to receive a strong and unexpected accession in the person of Castruccio degli Interminelli. Castruccio, after he had commanded the army of Lucca for three years, was invested with the Signoria in 1320. He had already got together a powerful army from all sources, and he soon found an opportunity to make use of it. In 1320, Philip of Valois, son of Charles of Valois, cousin to the King of France, and himself destined to ascend the French throne under the title of Philip VI, was urged by Pope John XXII to march into Italy to assist the Guelphs and to reduce the Ghibellines. 
at novara he was met by the ambassadors of the visconti who partly by presents and partly by cajolery persuaded him to return without effecting anything castruccio taking advantage of this attack on the ghibellines invaded the territory of florence and captured their forts he advanced toward genoa which was at that time being besieged by the ghibellines and took several fortresses belonging to the guelphs in the next year the florentines secured the assistance of the marquis malaspina lord of the lunagiana a territory at the head of the gulf of spezia by his cooperation castruccio was attacked on both sides in thirteen twenty two castruccio turned his attention to pistoia a city lying between florence and lucca and exposed to dangers from both sides with the assistance of the abate de paciana the bishop and all the friends of the florentines were driven out the seigneury was given to paciana and castruccio received a yearly tribute of four thousand gold ducats at this time castruccio was so much alarmed at the sudden attack against count neri the tyrant of pisi and the murderer of count frederick of urbino that he built himself a strong palace furnished with twenty-nine towers to keep the town in order in the following year castruccio advanced against prato situated between pistoia and florence which he desired to make tributary in the same manner as pistoia the florentines however came to its assistance with a large force and castruccio was compelled to retire the popolani and the florentine army were eager to march straight upon lucca and to put an end to the authority of the tyrant but the grandi were unwilling to take so strong a step at this juncture florence was considerably weakened by the treachery and desertion of a condottiere or captain of mercenary troops giacomo di fontana buona who passed over to the side of castruccio this is perhaps the first instance of the untrustworthiness of hired soldiers which will meet us again and again in the course of this history in other respects the condition of florence at this time was not a very happy one the signoria of king robert of naples came to an end in thirteen twenty one and it was not renewed the city was governed by the gonfalonieri and the priors as before the ordinances of justice were again put into force and in thirteen twenty three a method was instituted of electing to office by lot this was a democratic measure and it admitted many to the government who would not have obtained the position in the ordinary way the year thirteen twenty four was uneventful in thirteen twenty five on may fifth castruccio obtained possession of pistoia sold to him by filippo de tedici for ten thousand gold florins the florentines were driven to engage another mercenary leader in the person of raimondo di cardona he took the field with a considerable army and with great energy and in the months of july and august contrived to get possession of the castles of copiano and monte falcone and especially of alto pascio a strong place of great importance after this first success cardona wasted valuable time in which he might have crushed castruccio and made money by selling letters of leave to rich soldiers serving under him castruccio had during this interval of neglect received large reinforcements from the visconti of milan on september twenty third was fought the disastrous battle of alto pascio in which the florentines were entirely defeated 
the captured castles were retaken and castruccio's headquarters were advanced to signa on october second he established himself in peratola only two miles from the walls of florence the whole of the fertile plain covered by the luxurious villas of the florentines was entirely devastated and turned into a desert the pictures and statues with which they had been filled were sent to adorn the palaces of lucca at last the remorseless enemy retired signa was fortified to be a permanent source of annoyance and attack and on the day of st martin castruccio made a triumphant entry into lucca the carroccio of florence was drawn along the streets by oxen its martinella or bell tolling dolefully as the carriage moved on behind the car marched raimundo da cardona and the florentine captains with candles in their hands the money which castruccio received for the ransom of the captives supplied the sinews for a continuance of the war the battle of alto pascio was not the only blow levelled at the guelph cause on november fifteenth thirteen twenty five the citizens of bologna already hard pressed by the surrounding ghibellines were entirely defeated at the battle of monteveglio the florentines in their time of need turned to their old protector king robert of naples who had lately returned from the papal court at avignon and had accepted for another period the signoria of genoa they sent ambassadors to him at naples he showed no great readiness to yield to their request and demanded as a condition that either he or his son should be made masters of the town they concluded by preferring his son to himself and on january thirteenth thirteen twenty six charles duke of calabria was made lord of florence for ten years charles sent before him as his lieutenant walter de brienne duke of athens a man who played an important part in the history of florence the seigneury of athens had come into existence in the beginning of the thirteenth century in the person of otto de la roche sur lognon the same family possessed fiefs at argas nauplia and thebes the fief was raised to a dukedom by louis the ninth in twelve sixty and passed through an heiress to hugo de brienne count of lecce in thirteen eleven the territory of athens was overrun by a band of wandering mercenaries known at this time by the general name of catalans walter the second of brienne was defeated at the battle of cephasis and deposed these so-called catalans have a curious history they had been collected together from different countries but principally from aragon to defend sicily against the attack of the avignon kings in thirteen o two in alarm at being disbanded at the approach of peace they offered themselves to andronicus palaiologus emperor of constantinople to assist him in recovering asia from the turks at this time pope clement v was organizing a great latin campaign against the greek emperor he had hopes of establishing charles of valois at constantinople in right of his wife catherine courtney frederick of sicily engaged to contribute assistance and he thought that he could rely on the fidelity of his catalans this made them an object of suspicion to andronicus just at this juncture a very serious war was raging between genoa and venice and in this domestic quarrel genoa took the side of the emperor and venice the side of the catalans 
by the help of venice the catalans were enabled to establish themselves in greece having conquered athens they bestowed the dukedom on frederick of sicily who passed on the title to his heirs the duke of calabria made his entrance into florence on august twenty ninth thirteen twenty six having passed by siena and having accepted the seigneury of that city for five years the florentine army reinforced from the sources we have enumerated was now of considerable size the ghibellines sought to oppose their preparations by still greater efforts ludwig of bavaria whose career up to the battle of muldorf has been narrated above had made an arrangement with his rival albert in thirteen twenty five by which the imperial dignity should be shared between them the real power however remaining with ludwig in february thirteen twenty seven he was met at trent by all the most powerful ghibellines of italy marco visconti obizzo d'este and cane della scala as well as the ambassadors of frederick of sicily and castruccio ludwig promised that he would come to italy to receive the imperial crown and the ghibellines engaged in return that they would pay his expenses on may twentieth the emperor was crowned with the iron crown of italy in the church of sant'ambrogio at milan as he advanced further south one of the first duties which fell upon him was to conquer the loyal city of pisa pisa which had always been devoted to the ghibelline cause which had been the first to welcome henry of luxembourg which had provided him with a refuge in his difficulties and given him a tomb was now unwilling to submit herself to ludwig for submission to him meant submission to castruccio and terminelli it preferred independence to consistency pisa however on this occasion made but a feeble resistance as it did not like to embrace the guelph cause with too much vigour and on october tenth ludwig with the help of castruccio was able to enter it as a conqueror in return for this victory the emperor made castruccio duke of lucca pistoa volterra and the lunigiana and allowed him to quarter the arms of bavaria with his own there was no outbreak of hostility between the emperor and charles of calabria ludwig marched on toward rome and reached viterbo on january second thirteen twenty eight the duke on his part retired to aquila on january seventeenth the great ceremony of the coronation took place the emperor and the people went in procession from santa maria maggiore to st peter's castruccio as count palatine of the lateran carried the imperial sword the coronation was performed by the bishops of venice and aleria who had both been excommunicated by pope john the twenty second a bitter enemy of ludwig and by Sciarra colonna the captain of the people the citizens of rome conferred upon ludwig the dignity of senator who transferred it to his faithful friend castruccio in the midst of these triumphs castruccio was suddenly recalled to tuscany by the news of serious disasters on january twenty eighth philip of sanguinetto lieutenant of the duke of calabria in florence had taken pistoa by escalade castruccio's first act after his return was to seize pisa by force and to make himself master of his resources when on august third he recovered possession of pistoia he now stood at the summit of his power 
he was lord volani tells us of lucca pisa pistoia the lunigiana of a great part of the eastern riviera of genoa and of more than three hundred castles but his end was near he was worn out by continued fatigue and unresting service in war he was always covered by his armour sometimes on foot sometimes on horseback to superintend the guards to excite the labourers to raise redoubts to open trenches to begin everything with his own hands so that every one might work in the hottest weather notwithstanding the violence of the sun he now fell grievously ill of a continuous fever and the same disease appeared in his army he died on september third thirteen twenty eight leaving his son henry heir to the duchy of lucca end of section seven